With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Volume. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy game called Pick 6. It's the newest way for you to get in on fantasy football action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Just pick between two and six NFL players and predict if they're going to have more or less of a stat. For example, a player will have more or less than 100 rushing yards or more than one touchdown, okay? Track your lineup, compete against others for a shot at a huge cash prize. Fantastic. DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. Sign up now. Takes 90 seconds. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The code is Colin, C-O-L-I-N. The crown is yours. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Draymond Green Show. We are back with a playoff-style post-game recording. I'm going to break down the last couple of Dove games. I also talk about some All-Star stuff and other few things uh, that seems to be hot topics loading in the NBA right now, and we'll get into those. Uh, before we get into that, just make sure you go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we're trying to get these numbers up for you guys. Make sure for all our fans, we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you for the support. If you haven't subscribed, make sure you go subscribe. Tell a friend to subscribe. Tell a friend to tell a friend to subscribe. Check out this content. It will continue to get spicier and spicier as this season loads. But anyway, let's get into it. Uh, the Dubs take down the Sixers tonight, 119 to 117. Uh, Jackson has a note on my rundown about my foul on the jump ball. Number one, no one ever gets called for those fouls, okay? I did not think the the the, the tip was great. Like the jump, it, it was it wasn't great. And if the jump, if the, if it was actually a better toss, I said the tip, the toss, if it was actually a better toss, um the grab wouldn't have looked so egregious, but the toss was so bad. I was just holding on for a while for dear life. But um there's guys that do that every game. Uh, I'm not really, obviously, one that jump balls every game. It's kind of this new thing. And uh, I won one against AD like that, so I was like, why not? Let's try it again. That's the only chance that I had, uh, and I went for it. And Tony Brothers, being who Tony Brothers is, called the foul um, because he spotted it. And, yeah, that was my first foul before the clock even started. Um, 
And I was nervous as hell because to get one foul and the clock hasn't started and your matchup is Joel Embiid, that is torture. So, and then I picked up a trash second foul um, and went to the bench for the rest of the quarter. However, guys held it down. And, um, you know, we were in pretty decent position when I came back into the game and we, you know, was able to build some momentum in that second quarter. And um, we went into the to the halftime up two. Uh, we struggled turning the ball over uh, in the first half, in particular the first quarter. So we had some bonehead turnovers. Um, I think we had seven turnovers in the first quarter and also gave up maybe like eight offensive rebounds in the first quarter. And it was very frustrating because if you looked up at the if you looked up at the scoreboard um, or the stat board, they were shooting like 37%, 38%. Um, and we were doing a great job defensively, but the turnovers and the office rebounds was crushing us. And so we needed to do a better job on both of those. And I think as the game went on, uh, we did a better job of cleaning those things up. I think we still ended up with like 18 turnovers or something like that, uh, which could be better. But when you start off the first half, with, the first quarter with eight turnovers, it's tough. Uh, needless to say, um, I think the turnovers are, you know, they were a couple of them, a few of them that we had uh, were just bad. And, you know, I think things, something that we can take care of. Uh, but really encouraged with, with how, the, how the defense has been looking um, over the last couple of games. I think our, we're doing a lot better job on the defensive end. Um, I also think our transition defense has been spotty, uh, good at times, bad at times. I also think we've been doing a much better job with the Laker game, call it what you want, say what you want. But I think we're doing a better job of defending without fouling. For instance, Joel Embiid to have two free throw attempts tonight. Like Joel Embiid, if I'm not mistaken, lead the league in free throw attempts. Um, and for, for obvious reasons, um, he's impossible to stop. And so, however, it's not always on the guy that's guarding Joel that fouls. It's sometimes on the, a lot of times on the guys who come to double team because you come and you reach, and Joel is a master at that, and he's going to draw the foul. And so I think we did a good job, uh, not just myself, but a good job overall as a team of swarming the ball, defending without fouling, and uh, trying to make him work uh, for his buckets. And, you know, overall, I think it ended up being, you know, job well done by our team. Uh, and saying that, you know, you can play that same defense, Joel can go for 70. Um, but, you know, as a defender, your only job and goal is to just make them take tough contested shots. And you live with the results. Uh, great players are great players for a reason. They make tough shots. They see every defensive scheme that you can throw out there at them. Uh, they've seen everyone knowing the man. And so it's just a matter of trying to make them take tough shots and live with the results. And um, our results was pretty good for us tonight. Um, Joel Embiid uh, left the game tonight with an injury. Number one, prayers up. I uh, hope it's not bad. Uh, we know one of the stars and bright spots in this league, uh, MVP, uh, well on his way to a back-to-back -back MVP, uh, which leads us to our next conversation which is Joel playing tonight felt very much so because of the 65-game limit that we actually talked about once before on the pod. And in talking about that on the pod, I actually, I don't remember what I said verbatim, 
But I remember the gist of what I said, which was something along the lines of everybody's happy with this 65-game rule until you got a bum on NBA, all NBA team, until you got somebody that's not totally deserving to be the MVP of the league because someone else didn't qualify before a game because of this game limit. Now, where I think is actually quite bullshit uh, myself is to to incorporate something at this point, a rule like 65 games need to be played in order to win an MVP or defensive player to your All-NBA. Guys didn't face those rules before, but those same NBA All-NBA teams, those same um, MVP awards lists, uh, defensive player of the year, those, same, those lists are the same. Like, when, when the guys who, make, who win those awards this year pop up on the list that they'll be added to or once again, it won't say, and, and by the way, they reached a 65-game limit to make that. Like, it's bullshit. Like, that hasn't been a rule. So essentially to make guys um, live up to a certain standard that wasn't the standard before to make these teams, but yet you only go on the same team, there's no added bonus, no added incentive for these things. So you end up on the same list as the guys who back in the day played and may not have played 65 games but still made the list. I, I told you, I once, I once lost um, a Defensive Player of the Year award to Kawhi Leonard, and I think he played 51 games. So whoever wins Defensive Player of the Year this year, it isn't going to say, but he played 65 games. That's bullshit. And, and so in turn, um, you get Joel who comes out there tonight because, what, he's three games away uh, from not qualifying to win MVP, and he forces it. And Freak played with him and uh, J.K. diving for the ball, but maybe it's not as bad if the knee isn't already banged up, right? And so now, because, yeah, like, Joel, if I, I get it. Like, yeah, you want to win MVP. You worked that hard and put the work in that he's put in to get better and continue to play at that level on a nightly basis, of course you want to win MVP. So, yeah, you force it, you get out there, and you put yourself in harm's way, and then Joel Embiid is hurt now. Now, again, prayers up for Joel, um, as we hope it's not something too serious. But is that the goal? Is the goal putting people in harm's way just so they can qualify for an award? Because I don't think that was the goal. Like, this man is actually dealing with an injury. Like, so again, because you're dealing with injuries for stretches of the season, you don't qualify? So, I don't know, man. I, I don't think I don't think it's right. I think it's it's a tough rule to implement because, like, we we travel crazy. We play a bunch of games. The speed of the NBA game today is totally different than it ever was before. All of a sudden, you're seeing hamstring, a lot more hamstring injuries, calf injuries, soft tissue injuries, all these different things, knees, and. You got guys forcing it to get back so they can qualify. Because guess what? These awards, 
are very much so attached to the amount of money that you can make. They're very much so attached to that. So it's going to be interesting. You got a lot of uh, NBA owners making huge investments into players, and we're just throwing guys out there um, banged up just to meet these requirements. See, Tyrese Halliburton came back tonight, probably forced his way back a little bit earlier not long ago because he's seen that those numbers start to creep up. And guess what he did? Went out for, what, another four or five games before he came back tonight? So it's going to get really interesting uh, when you got these owners making um, – these owners of these teams uh, making these huge investments into players, and yet you got to throw them in harm's way just because there's a 65-game limit. Like, we all know uh, when somebody's egregiously just sitting and the difference when somebody's actually hurting. So if you don't have a core base of voters that can identify that, then maybe they shouldn't have a vote. Like, if you can't identify that, man, this guy's just been taking games off and taking games off and not giving, then just simply don't vote for him. Because it is in the hands of the voters, right? So then just simply don't vote. But to throw guys in harm's way, I don't really bang with it. And now we got one of our premier faces in this league, the MVP of our league, possibly hurt for an extended period of time. Because he's forcing it. Because, yeah, of course he should be in, in, in the running for MVP. Damn right he should. And so, I think it's whack. Um, I get what people was trying to get at, but you got a lot of people making these rules that don't know how it feels to play it back-to-back, that don't know how it feels to play a third game in four nights, that don't know how it feels to play five and seven. But aside from knowing how it feels to actually compete in that amount of games, because I know people say, oh, that's your job. Number one, you take sick days and don't and, and, and then go to work the next day. So shut up. We don't want to hear it. But number two, again, when guys are actually hurting. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. It's a real thing. There was no debate that Joel B was hurt tonight. I don't think anybody that's up for debate for anyone. And then you have something like that happen, right? Like, I don't don't think it's right. 
I I don't I disagree with it and It'll be interesting to see how far this thing goes uh, because all of a sudden one of our main guys in this league, one of the faces of our league is out forcing it to try, and, and it ain't so great now. Um, so we shall see. But as I said before, uh, wishing the best to Joel. Um, prayers up. I uh, hope to see him back on the court soon, and hopefully it's nothing too serious. In other news, um, in, uh, Jonathan Kaminga is a star, man. That young fella is a stud. Getting to the basket at will, finishing with the best of them, getting to his spots, nobody stopping him from getting to his spots, showing you the promise that we've all believed is there. He's, he, he's, he's stepping into that now. He's playing a big role on this team now, and um, that's not changing. No time soon. Uh, he's been very dominant. Uh, had 20, 25 and... Seven over the last seven. I think he had 26 tonight. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, that's seven straight games of over 20 points. And it's it's a dominant 20. Like, you you notice it. It ain't just like he just coming over 20. And you're like, oh, I didn't know. No, you noticing him dominate. And, you know, um, J.K. had a comment where he's, you know, a few comments earlier in the year. We said, I don't know my role. Um, I don't know this. I don't know that. Blah, blah, blah. And what I will say to the young fellas is, if you're ever going to go out on a limb and say something, you got to back it up the way J.K. doing it. The way he's playing um, has been amazing. I told him the other day, I was like, well, you should enjoy your last All-Star break. Everything from now on, you're going to be at All-Star Weekend. <laughs> but, I mean, he is uh, – J.K. is such a special talent. Um, you know, getting downhill to what the, – the pressure that he puts on the rim is hard for any defense um, to guard. And it's been special to watch. Uh, it's been a joy to watch him over the last three years now continue to grow and grow and put the work in and grow. And regardless of what is coming in front of them, uh, sometimes minutes not being consistent, that's all a part of it. That's a part of this league, especially when you come on a team like he came on. That is a part of it. But he stayed the course. He continued to put the work in. Uh, a lot of credit to that young fella. Um, him and A.V. puts a lot of work in, a lot of work in, watch a lot of film. And to see it paying off for him, that's what you hope. You know, you start to see guys in their third years. I was talking about it in my press conference earlier. Um, I, I said to the guys one day, like, man, we had guys who were a little older than us that was a part of the runs that we went on. You know, me, Steph, and Clay, pretty young, and they, you know, they riding our legs. You know, they, they, they using us like, y'all got them young legs, go. And now as those tables are flipping, you know, and now we're kind of the, the elder statesmen. You hope that you get young guys that you can now use their legs some. And J.K. is showing exactly what that maturation process should look like. Like, all right, you guys have held the torch. And like, not that we're not still doing it, but you can trust me to take some of that responsibility off your backs. You can trust me in doing that. And he's playing great basketball. And you, I love to see it. Love to see it. Tell him, ain't, ain't nobody can stop you. I watch. I'm watching. I, I see it. There's nobody that can stop you. 
Go at him. Go at everybody. Why not? It's incredible to watch. So keep going, young fella. I love to see it. Love to see it. Keep on going. Uh, Wiggs is playing a lot better basketball, uh, which has been great to see. A lot of people doubting him. You should trade him. You should do this. Starting to look like two-way Wiggs again. And we love it. And it's coming at a good time. You know, you want to roll into this. Uh, we're soon to start a five-game road trip. But you want to roll into that all-star break strong. So you roll into it, and then you roll out of it strong. You know, and that's the goal for us. Obviously, sitting here at 20 and 24, we don't have many games to give away. Uh, we've lost a lot of close games, uh, including the one the other night against the Lakers, uh, which was a great game, fun game to play in, as always. Uh, you know, a game that I thought we should have won for sure, yet we let it get away. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, the Lakers is one of those teams where I feel like us, like on any given night, they can beat anybody in the league. Can compete with anybody, no problem. And then sometimes you kind of have these letdowns. Uh, and that's kind of been the story of our season as well. Um, so, but shout out to Wig, shout out to JK. Uh, them young boys playing well. Uh, BP, young fella, BP. Number one, congratulations to the young fella, BP, on uh, being a rising star um, in this league. You know, it's, it's beautiful to see. Um, Job well done and and well deserved. Uh, he's been playing his butt off all year, uh, doing all the stuff, all the little things, and and it's been it's been a joy to watch. And you love to see guys who doing all the work, uh, doing the little things, putting the work in, get rewarded. And he rewarded. I think my only message to the young fella is, I've seen a lot of guys make that game and never make an All Star game. So, make sure that that's a stepping stone, and make sure that's. Make sure that that is a sign of what's to come and not a sign of what has been. You see so many guys. I never made a a, 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 um, a Rising Stars game. Didn't make it. But I know guys that was in both of the Rising Stars games that I couldn't make it that's never been an All-Star, hasn't come close. And so you make sure that that's a stepping stone and not a thing of the past. And I know the way that BP works, it will be. Um, but just make sure you continue to grow. But congratulations, young fella. And not just the BP, all the young fellas out there. Because uh, that message is to you, too. I am one that support all the young guys. I want to see this league continue to grow. Um, and the growth is in the hands of the young fellas. And so, as to all the young fellas out there, congratulations. Uh, keep going. Keep getting better. Keep putting the work in. But don't look at that and think, ah, I made it. That don't mean nothing. No, nobody in three years remember who was in the Rising Stars game. I know guys that was in the Rising Star game three years ago that ain't in the NBA no more. So to all the young fellas out there, keep it pushing. Congratulations. Appreciate it. Love it. Enjoy it. Embrace it. But no, when it's all said and done, that don't mean nothing. Ain't nobody going to put on your resume Oh, he was a two-time rising star. No. Were you an all-star or not? And so make sure that that's the next step, young fellas. BP also called himself a young Draymond. Um, and I've been told that Steph laughed. Uh, what are my thoughts on that? Uh, I get it. Like, I understand exactly what he's saying. Somebody that's going to do the little things. Somebody that's going to do the dirty work. 
uh, somebody who reads and sees the game uh, for what it is. You know, everybody can't read and see the game, so I get it. Um, can't say that we quite look like twins. Uh, can't can't quite say that, <laughs> but uh, but no, I, I get it. Um, and, and honestly, um, I appreciate the compliment. Uh, you know, because that's saying that you think highly of me and you can only hope that your young guys that you're trying to show the way uh, respect you and think highly of you and want to be some sort of you, you know, some version of you. And so uh, that means a lot to me. Um, and it just means also that I need to continue to be better and better, a better leader, uh, you know, continue to give him um, something to follow, something to aim for uh, and, and setting the example so he know exactly how to do it. Uh, so, funny that Steph laughed, but I can definitely appreciate it. Um, and he does do a lot of those little things. As I said before, we are embarking on a five-game road trip. We always talk about getting the getaway game. We obviously got that tonight. Um, and now this road trip is big for us. I think it's starting off in Memphis, Atlanta, Brooklyn, Philly, Indy. Um, never easy road trip when you're headed east for that amount of game. Uh, I think you always want to try to get off to a good start, though. It's starting off on the back-to-back. -back, those are never easy. Uh, but if we can start this road trip off with a win in Memphis and a win in Atlanta, it sets up this road trip nicely for us. And it's a huge road trip. Like I said, we're, we're headed out on this road trip. Um, four games under 500. We, came back, we can't come back more than four games under 500. So it's a big road trip for us at a crucial point in the season. We obviously all know that the trade deadline is um, about a week away, eight or nine days away, the trade deadline. So uh, started, getting off to a good start on this road trip is very important for us, uh, very important on how the team is going to look post-February 8th. Uh, and I think, you know, for us, that's motivation. Uh, and yet it's an opportunity to continue to grow and show growth and make sure that we're trending in the right direction when February 8th does roll around. Uh, because that trade deadline can get a little treacherous. You either keep your phone on or turn it off, but whether you turn it off or keep it on, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. So um, for us, this is a big road trip, and we got to make sure that we approach it the right way, try to string some wins together. It would be lovely to go 5-0 and on this road trip. Uh, always a tough thing to do with two back-to-backs especially. Uh, but in saying that, uh, we've let some games get away that we were, we shouldn't have and weren't supposed to. So you got to go win some games that you maybe shouldn't win or not supposed to. And that's just the nature of the league that we play in. And that is also the nature of the position that we're in. So looking forward to going on this road trip. Uh, it's a big one for us, as I said. Hopefully the dubs will come out the way we should come out and the way we want to come out. Before we get out of here, a couple more topics. Um, I'm going to say this this uh, this best one for last. But I'm going to just go into uh, the All-Star Starters was announced. Um, East All-Star, Damian Lillard, Tyrese Halliburton, JT, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Big Joel Embiid, MVP. Uh, for the West, you got Shea Gilders, Alexander, Luka Doncic, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, something glaringly noticeable there, Steph Curry not starting in the All-Star game for the first time in nine healthy seasons. Um, and the question is, should the All-Star game be positionless? Or is it good to keep positions? 
Quite frankly, if I'm honest, the question comes up at an interesting time because where where basketball for a great period of time went positionless, I actually think you're starting to get back to a space. Like I think some of the change of the NBA is you're actually starting to get back to a space of having positions. Um, and so that's kind of one of the things that I've been noticing. You're starting to see more teams play two bigs again, like starting to see teams rely on bigs again. Like, and so I think the game is changing and you're kind of getting back to position basketball as opposed to position less basketball. Um, quite frankly, that could be because most people couldn't win when it was positionless because we just dominated and, you know, um, I get it. Uh, but also, um, you know, the season kind of goes in waves. I mean, the NBA kind of goes in waves. The style of play, it, it goes in waves. And, uh, you know, I think that wave is starting to change. I think it's starting to take a turn. And so that whole question stems from, should Steph Curry be starting now? Of course, I think Steph Curry should be starting. Absolutely. Question is, who do you remove? Do you remove Luka? Do you remove Shea? Both of those guys are having MVP-type seasons. Um... The question you also ask, is the fan vote still the way? Um, because I think uh, that at times can get a little skewed. But it's never a perfect answer, right? Like, the media has a say. Sometimes we don't think they know what the hell they're talking about either. Uh, players have a say. Love the Nassis, but three people voted for the Nassis to be a starter. In the, and so... I don't know what the right answer is. I honestly don't. Um, you know, you're trying these different things. But Steph Curry is an all-star starter. Not saying Lucas should be removed. I'm not saying Shea should be removed. But Steph Curry is an all-star starter. Sucks that he's not. Uh, and saying that, no chance he misses the all-star game as, as a whole. Um, I've been an all-star player, all-star four times. One time I wasn't healthy. I didn't start any of them, and I don't care. Being an all-star is being an all-star. I'll take it. I'm sure Steph will take it, although Steph is great, and he probably is pissed off that he's not starting. It's just a weird thing, right? Like, when you started for so long, that's a weird thing to see. Uh, but in saying that, brother's still going to be an all-star. But congratulations to those guys that are starters. Um, you know, we Jalen Brunson. Uh, could have been an all-star starter. Tyrese Maxey could have been an all-star starter. Um, and, yeah, you know, there's only two guard spots. And so I know a lot of people were shocked that Dame was the starter over those two guys. Damian Lillard is Damian Lillard. And the reality is when you're voting, you see the name Damian Lillard or Jalen Brunson, you're probably going to lean more towards Damian Lillard just because of the history. Like, like, if he's right there, it's like if one is right here and one is right here, the person who gets the nod is usually the guy who's done it over and over and over again. Very seldomly you do you get the benefit of the doubt the first time. And I'm not sure if Jalen Brunson has been an all-star yet. Maybe he was an all-star last year. Um, Jackson, what we got on that? I kind of think he might have missed it last year. Yeah, I don't think he may. I don't think Jalen Brunson has ever been an all-star. So to think. I don't think he has. Yeah, so to think that Jalen Brunson is going to get the nod over Damian Lillard, it's just not a realistic thing. 
because he's not an all-star in the minds of people until you are an all-star. And so, sucks, but that's just the way it goes. That's how the cookie crumbles. Um, I know Jalen Brunson will get in his first all-star game this year, and then you can have a different conversation next year. But to just think he's going to get that nod over Damian Lillard, who's number one in the Eastern Conference for the first time in his 12-year career, uh, just not going to happen. Wishful thinking. No, the Knicks fans wanted it. But next year, maybe. Uh, But to to think you're going to get that nod the first time, that's just not how it works. And before we get out of here, speaking of Damian Lillard, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks has hired Glenn Doc Rivers. Uh, legend, Doc. Um, I saw Doc. I thought Doc was loving that, uh, that, that, that job on, uh, with ESPN on the sideline doing some reporting, some analyst work. I thought Doc was loving that, that schedule. He didn't hop right back in the grind. Doc, welcome back. Welcome back, champ. Um, Adrian Griffin out. Uh, 40 games into his first season as a head coach. I thought it would be tough for Adrian Griffin um, at the beginning of the season. The first couple games I saw, he subbed someone in for Giannis. Giannis sent the person back to the bench like, "Ah, get out of here, man. I'm not subbing out yet. That's just not a good tone to set. Uh, Says a lot about the respect of your star player and the head coach. And so you can kind of see, like, ah, that's not good. And then the defense isn't good. And I think, I think it's tough to blame Adrian Griffin uh, for their defense not being good because I think it's more of a personnel thing. The reality is you traded away your best perimeter defenders. You traded away Drew Holiday. You traded away Grayson Allen. And I'm sure I could be missing someone else that you traded away, but those two guys in particular are really good defenders, and Drew is great. So, to kind of blame him, and when I say him, I mean Adrian Griffin for the lack of defense, I think that's a tough thing to do. I think that's very tough to do um, because there are certain challenges that's presented. Like, they, they play a lot of drops with, with Brooke and Giannis. When you got Drew chasing over, Drew's not screenable. So, when you got Drew chasing over, then it's easier to be in a drop. But when you don't have Drew chasing over, then that drop looks totally different. All of a sudden, guys coming out dotting your eye. And that's a totally different thing. And so I think it's tough to blame uh, that on Adrian Griffin. I also think that's a tough position for Doc to come in under also because if if, if that comes from a lack of or from personnel, if that's a personnel thing, what's Doc supposed to do? That's a personnel thing. So then you're coming in expected to be the savior and essentially of the defensive unit. I've never known Doc to be the greatest defensive coach in the world. What I have known Doc is to have some offensive sets that are how you scratching your head. Like, where was I supposed to be and help on that one? Coming out of time, I was dialing plays up crazier than anyone we've ever seen. That's what I've known Doc for. And so... Tough circumstance, I think, to come in under. And then you're also coming in on championship and bus. Quite frankly, Doc has been under that since for the last 10, 15 years of his career, championship and bus. So it's not necessarily unfamiliar territory for him, but you're also coming in midseason and you're expected to turn that thing around like that. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, I also think it's very interesting 
Uh, Milwaukee Bucks are paying three coaches at once right now. <laughs> but get your money, fellas. And Doc got uh, that bag. Doc got paid. And uh, man, how old is Doc? Doc Doc got to be pushing seventy. Uh, maybe maybe early sixties. I don't want to age Doc too fast. By the way, he 60, don't look sixty-two. Sixty-two. Okay, so early sixty. To get the money, Doc just got at sixty-two. Cali, Jeremiah, Austin. Your trust funds just got better because Doc just got broke off something crazy, and I'm happy for you, my brother. Get to that money. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the rest of this year plays out. Looking forward to it. I think that's going to be um, something that everybody will be watching for. And when you're expected to come in and be the savior, that's a tough spot. But if anybody handle, can handle it, I think Doc can. You cut out for it, champ. We shall see what happens. Um But until next time, that's a wrap from this episode of the Draymond Green Show. Peace. Welcome to Season 9 of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.